This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, halawala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Yes, International Women's Day is coming up. And today we are finding out about a special initiative that is both going to help the environment and help women refugees in collaboration with Big Heart Foundation. We have the team from Meltu with us here today and they are about to launch their Do It For Her campaign. This is one that you want to be part of and it's so easy to do. Everyone can be part of it. That's coming up this hour on Life Feeds on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. In 50 days, the UAE will witness Sharjah officially inaugurating a 365-day program to celebrate the World Book Capital title, which is brought, which it brought home last year. Sharjah is the first city in the Gulf region, third in the Arab world after Beirut and Alexandria, and 19th globally to hold this prestigious title launched by the United Nations Educational, Scientific and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, in 2011. So Sharjah has completed most of the preparations aimed at bringing this cultural celebration-themed Open Books, Open Minds to Life, a vibrant lineup of book-related events across the UAE will be unveiled during a grand inaugural on April the 23rd this year in Sharjah, including book reading, seminars and conferences, workshops, competitions, activities for adults and kids, you name it, it is going to be happening, including a roundtable of discussions with local and foreign authors. The program is running from April April. 23rd in 2019 for a full year until April the 22nd in 2020, engaging book lovers of all age groups, interests and cultural backgrounds. It's incredibly exciting. So a large number of Arab and international creative novelists, poets, uh, playwrights, as well as intellectuals, journalists, uh, media representatives will be participating in these celebrations uh, which have been crafted under Sharjah World Book Capital 2019 Six Guiding Principles. So there's unifying communities, fostering knowledge, honouring heritage, empowering children and youth, raising awareness and developing publishing industries. So through these, the Emirate is looking to foster a vibrant culture of reading in the UAE instilling a sense of belonging to acknowledge to, to for knowledge and for books and to turn reading into a daily activity that that everybody can enjoy practiced particularly we hope by children and young adults and through through this year-long celebration of books reading and knowledge development Sharjah is looking to highlight the importance of protecting the nation's heritage illustrated in Emirati and Arabic novels by passing it down to future generations. So Her Highness Sheikha Boudour bin Sultan al-Qasimi, head of the advisory committee for Sharjah World Book Capital 2019, she pointed out that the UNESCO World Book Capitals, uh, Capital 2019 is a golden testament 
to the global recognition Sharjah has acquired as a result of 40 years of concentrated efforts led by the vision of His Highness Sheikh Dr. Sultan bin Mohammed Al Qasimi, member of the Supreme Council and ruler of Sharjah. She said April 23rd is marking the beginning of a new chapter in Sharjah's pioneering achievements and efforts to host leading cultural events and initiatives locally, regionally and globally. The event is offering a gateway to all 200 nationalities residing in the UAE to explore various sources of knowledge and culture. So this is incredibly exciting. We cannot wait. This is all coming up this April. So it's a countdown that has begun now 50 days until that inaugural we cannot wait. There's so much that's going to be happening here in Sharjah, and we hope that you are part of it. Please do get in touch, 4215, on the text lines, or you can get in touch via social media. would love to know your relationship with books, how books have changed your life, what books stay with you, your favorites that have really transformed the way you think, have you know given you a new perspective on the world, whatever it is, get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. And there's going to be so much more coming up on Pulse 95 Radio here on Life Beats in particular, all about those moments that have you glued to the page, those page turners and those authors that bring us some of the the greatest books that we have ever read. More to come on Life Beats next. We speak to the team behind Mel2 and their Do It For Her campaign, all for International Women's Day. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. It's Life Beats on Pulse 95. Now, are you somebody who's probably got a lot of stuff at home that you just kind of, you don't use anymore? You're sick of it. You want to get rid of it. You want to sell it off. You want to swap it for something else. Who knows what you want to do with it? Well, <laughs> Mel2, M-E, is uh, the buying and selling app that is going to help you to do just that. Um, and today we have with us Shireen and Moraj. They are the founders of Mel2 Market. And they have a brand new campaign which is kicking off this International Women's Day. In fact, a day before. I keep saying it is for International Women's Day, but it kicks off on Thursday, right? Yes. That's right. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Actually, thank you for letting me back on air. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, of course, a friend of Pulse95. You've been with us on the morning measures. Um, but just, you know, there are some who may not have heard you the first time when you came on the air. Just kind of tell us a bit about Mel2, why you guys created it. Um, so uh, to begin with, uh, we are a mobile app and a website for buying and selling secondhand items Mm. Um, and you know we are a lazy generation I hate to say that but it's the truth and we really want everything to be done easily smoothly and as much as possible with technology so that's what we bring to the table is when you sell something you never have to leave your home we'll come we'll pick it up and we'll deliver it to the buyer we make sure you get paid and if there's any issue you deal with us we make we guarantee every transaction there's a money back guarantee on every transaction and we make your lives easy in general and that's uh, the key thing here because there are um other websites as well that kind of let you buy and sell things but you've got to go 
and pick it up yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and you, you and know, that's the, the difference. The, yeah, exactly. So the hassle is always that face to face interaction, dealing with Dubai traffic. And I know, Sally, you know all about the Dubai traffic uh, or the, the charger traffic, <laughs> even worse. Um, and, you know, having to deal with strangers and not knowing who you can trust. And so we take that all of that on our shoulders and we'll help you do it and we'll get, get it done fast. And, you know, with trust, with security, uh, and you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry. And you guys have, have created this, um, but you're actually seasoned entrepreneurs yourselves. And, you know, you've done a lot of a lot of stuff beforehand. Um, what I'd tell us a bit about you and, you know, how uh, your background kind of helped you to create something like Maltu. Uh, yes, uh, Sally, uh, uh, I'm French-Algerian, actually. I was born and raised in France um, from an uh, Algerian parents and um, actually uh, Meltu is kind of my uh, DNA in a sense I grew up in this uh, mentality of my mother recycling everything and making sure that uh, there were they were nothing at waste going uh, uh, I come from a family of 13 uh, with my parents is 15 and I was the last boy uh, in uh, and my my sister was the last uh, girl but as you can imagine uh, coming from a large family like that and we were like middle class I would say at the time my mother used to keep the clothes from brothers to brothers and hand it over to me which was I was the last boy uh, and uh, so uh, eventually I, I used to wear the clothes of my brothers and going to school at uh, eight years old boy it was very difficult for me because I was feeling like wearing old stuff mm. eventually when I get into the school everybody's staring at me and I was like even more like freaking out actually <laughs> and they all came to me where did you get the jacket I'm like uh, it's my brother's jacket <laughs> so it was uh, vintage before vintage even existed you know? right exactly so it's like hand-me-downs but it's become cool by the time it gets to you it's cool again yeah it was f fantastic and I, I was going back home and saying mom uh, where is everybody's uh, or the pants jacket you know those <laughs> very large pants from the Beatles era the yes. 70s I was born in the 70s but it was now in the 80s the flares yeah we're back already yeah yeah so my mother uh, eventually uh, when uh, she was as you can imagine she raises us a lot and my father was kind of uh, kind enough to let her do whatever she wanted to do and she started going back to Algeria uh, you know and you don't go back to your country empty handed so she used to take those clothes back into the luggage and bring them to uh, uh, friends in the village and everybody was jumping and taking the clothes they were all happy to have this uh, fantastic clothes and eventually they start fighting and say you know don't give it uh, don't give it to us anymore when are you coming we come pick you up at the airport and we're willing to pay for that stuff Right. And that's where she started her uh, own uh, little Meltu back then, you know, and starting selling uh, secondhand items to the village people who were willing to pay. And uh, she had uh, a small shop into a, a home and she built, uh, with the money that she made, she actually built a big house in, a, in my father's village. Wow. And uh, she became a micro-entrepreneur and helping other uh, village uh, ladies create their own little shop of second-hand stuff all of, all across uh, Kabylie, where I come from. It's like 200 kilometers. So she, her name became well-known from uh, one city to another. That's uh, incredible. As, and uh, she, was n she could not write, she could not read. She trusted people and she brought trust with her partnership. Uh, kind of funny stories. One day I was traveling in a very far village 
and uh, we were asking for waters and stuff like that to get help. And the village people say, where you come from? Which village are you coming from? I say, I come from this village. My father's name as Arab, known by uh, Muhammad, Murad Muhammad bin Ahmed. And see, so we don't know uh, this guy. <laughs> and then one old lady came, she said, oh, he's the son of Zubida. <laughs> so it was a kind of uh, funny because they are starting uh, welcoming us because of my father, uh, my mother's, yes. not, uh, not my... Uh, so alhamdulillah, this is really, so really interesting. So all the kahwa came out and, <laughs> yeah. and the cake. Yeah, and then they start saying, oh, we, we, your mother actually helped us uh, getting wow. stuff. And, uh, she's she's become the celebrity. Yeah. Incredible. She, yeah, yeah, and alhamdulillah, she is now, she still has the shop. Uh, she still? She still has she, the shop. She's 19 now, I believe. Yes, she's 19. Mashallah. And, and I ask, uh, you know, when I go back to France and Algeria, because I visit her on and off, I, say, I don't still don't understand what you're doing. I say, basically, I digitalize what you're doing. And she say, I don't get it. You know, she's 19 years old. And she's like, okay, okay, fine. You selling and buying. I say, yes, exactly. Yeah. And then she say, okay, but that's not what I was doing. Uh, there's something missing in you. Uh, I'm like, okay, what is missing? And she said, I was doing hair a lot and giving back to the community. That is exactly where you went next with Meltu. And this is why the Do It For Her campaign is so important and so fantastic. It's not the first time that you guys are doing uh, a, a, a campaign like this that helps uh, refugee women or helps charities. Uh, but Meltu is doing a lot more than just buying and selling. We have the founders with us here in the studio and we are going to be talking to them next about what they're launching for International Women's Day. That is coming up on Live Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. Yes, you're back with Live Beats here on Pulse 95. And we are talking to the co founders of Mel2. We've got Shaolin and Murad with us here in the studio. And Murad, you were talking about where the inspiration for all of this came from. It is, of course, from your mum. Um, Zubaida, who is an incredible entrepreneur herself uh, and, you know, managed to start a business on her own um, that grew, that people loved. Um, And she said to you, you said to her, actually, you were saying that you said to her that, you know, I'm doing what you're doing. It's just digitized now. And she's like, no, actually, you're not. Uh, She said that uh, she's got a whole aspect to what she does, which is doing good for people at the same time so or in arabic as she shared it you know she has she's doing khair um she's doing good for people so tell us more about that and it was kind of an aha moment for the two of you wasn't it yeah yeah actually when uh, i i went there and uh, i told um, you know my mother okay what is missing and as she say what is the khair into your application or your business and then uh, me and my wife uh, during ramadan it was like two years ago, we start thinking about how can we uh, bring uh, khair into our application. And it was a haha moment. We come up with the, um, allowing uh, people to sell, but not for themselves, but to sell for other people and to allow them to do that. And uh, we came up uh, with... Particularly to sell for charity. Because, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, uh, we were talking to people and we had a couple of investors uh who ha- have a lot of stuff, and we're like, you know, why don't you put your stuff up for sale? They're like, you know, I, w- I don't mind, except I don't need the money. 
I'd rather this stuff do good for somebody else. So we're like, oh, okay. So why don't you sell that stuff for a charity? And that's when the initial seed of the idea came about. Yeah, that was the, that was it. And the, then I went back to, of course, we went to my investor's house and empty his closet. <laughs> he said, take this, take this, take that. And it was amazing because we could raise like immediately 5,000 dirhams, right? For any kind of cause we could help, okay? You have to think, we all have so much stuff. I know I do. I'm sitting here doing this show right now. And my husband is like listening, I'm sure, going, Sally, you need to get rid of all your stuff. But it's true. Um, the, the greatest thing is sometimes you yourself, you don't need the money. Mm. And you don't really care about, you know, what happens to the stuff. But you want that if it can bring something to somebody else who really needs it. Absolutely. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, getting somebody to take cash out of their pockets, this is not an easy feat. But all that stuff that's just cluttering your house that you want to, you know, get rid of it anyway, this is, uh, there's a lot of value in that. And then mm -hmm. we can transform that into cash that can really go and help people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people ask us, well, why can't I just give my stuff directly to the charity? Well, the answer is very simple. They cannot actually handle the stuff. So they get, I don't know, like a uh, hundred pieces of clothing. What do they do with that? They can't do much with it because the transport alone to get the clothing to wherever it needs to be, where the refugees are, is going to cost more than buying new clothing locally. So that's why it's, it makes more sense to sell it. And then that cash, you know, cash is digital. It can go anywhere. And that cash can really go and get them the services that they need. But we're like really focusing, you know, on your old iPod, uh, your old uh, iPad, your old uh, iPhones. Uh, we have a T-shirt, your old iPhone can feed 100 refugees. So this is, we have tons of used electronics, used phones in particular, which there's a big return by selling. Most of the people, they have it. They say there's no value to them, but there's a big value for middle, uh, low-income people or middle-class people who are looking for a second-hand laptop uh, iPad and stuff like that and that's where we're focusing and not not on the clothes but mostly on used electronic that's sitting in your home and we all have we all uh, have this kind of items. Yeah, yeah and the thing with the electronics there's an added angle to that right it's about the environment you know when you make an iPhone or, or, or uh, um, an uh, iPad or whatever there's metal in it there's glass in it there are chips in it these things once they come out of the earth once you mine them you don't get them back. They don't grow back. And so we have to be very conscious about what we do with our electronics. We don't. We can't just throw them away because it's bad for the environment and because there are precious resources in it that we need. So with electronics, we particularly chose to focus on electronics because of this aspect and because it is also high value. So you can actually get a lot out of it that will benefit other people from these items. Mm. To give you an average, an old iPad uh, can resell on our platform for 300 dirhams. Uh, 300 dirhams can really go into uh, uh, helping any kind of... Yeah, if it feeds 30 people. You know, you can sponsor two orphans for a month each. And by sponsor, I mean clothing, food, education. It's, uh, it's amazing. It is incredible because a lot of us don't think about it. These, these things are just sitting there in a drawer somewhere gathering dust and you're thinking, I don't know where to put this. And, and you're, you, you know that you can't put it in the rubbish bin because it's electronic waste. You can't just chuck that out with the trash or recycle it in a normal, with the normal recycling. That requires something completely separate. Mm. So you guys, this is where you guys come in and you take care of that. And then now you're partnering with 
big heart foundation for this particular campaign. You've actually partnered with others, with other charities as well and other organizations. Um, so I want to come back in just a moment and talk about this particular specific campaign, which is Do It For Her, all about refugee women and uh, and other great work that you have been doing as well. It is Life Beats here on Pulse95. We are with the co-founders of Mel2. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. We are talking to the team from Mel2 about a brand new campaign that they are launching for International Women's Day. Uh, they are all about buying and selling those things that we no longer want but still have value. But they also have a charity aspect to everything that they do as well. They want to do good uh, in a a much bigger arena than just within their own business. And uh, Murad and Sharin are here. Now, um, Sharin, tell us a bit more about this particular campaign. The hashtag is, everybody, do it for her, for the number. Um, Do it for her. Um, What is it all about? always uh, had compassion for refugees and we've always done campaigns um, which you know help refugees uh, you know the idea is is very simple a lot of people don't think about it this way but we can all become refugees tomorrow it's not something that touches just a certain type of people you can have an earthquake a flood a um, natural disaster you can have civil strife and tomorrow we're all refugees so this has always been something very very close to our heart um, so the first campaigns we supported were food aid programs for refugees, which is great. It has an impact. But you know what? This problem is not going away. It doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. And we need more sustainable programs. We need to figure out how do we transition people out of these refugee camps and not just you know give them food and then what? When they're full, what do they do next? Mm. How are we going to reintegrate them into society? So as... You know, so, so we started looking for programs which made sense in, in that direction to be more sustainable. And that's when we fa- came across uh, the Big Heart Foundation. And the Big Heart is founded by Sheikha Jawahir, um, the wife of the ruler of Sharjah. And she's an inspiration yes. to begin with. Yes, her she, highness you know, absolutely is. She, yes. is. she is like so subtle and so quiet about what she does, but she does incredible, great things. So we teamed up with them, we went to talk to them and we, we checked out what they were doing. So they are focused on sustainable programs. And when they mentioned this idea of you know, um, supporting vocational training for women refugees, I was pretty much blown away. Yes. Because I am a mother, I am a wife, I am a daughter, I am a sister. And I cannot imagine, you know, as liberated or not liberated, or that's a bad word to say, but as um, sort of uh, educated as I am, as uh, free as, a, as I am to do anything I want, as uh, much opportunity as I have had in my life, I cannot imagine what it'd be like if I lost my husband. You know, something simple like, okay, the the kaharaba, the, the AC is broken. I'm like, call the husband. <laughs> so I'm thinking about these refugee women. Mm. They've lost. Yeah. Husbands, sons, fathers, brothers, and many of them are now thrust into a new country where in some cases they don't speak the language, they don't know what to do with themselves, and they don't have that familial support that they're used to anymore. You know, what do they do with themselves? These women are the most vulnerable of that refugee population, and how can we help them and give them hope again? This program that we're supporting 
supports vocational training for women. It gives them not only skills to then go out and get a job. It gives them microfinancing for their businesses, small businesses. So it, 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 it gives them skills to build their own small businesses. But most importantly, it gives them hope. It gives them psychological support, strength, and, 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 and a sense of I can be part of the society. Mm -hmm. I can keep going on. And that, that's what really um, sort of moved me. Yeah. I, I, I can feel, Shireen, how passionate you are about this. And uh, I can't think of a better partner than Big Heart Foundation because we had Her Excellency Mariam Al-Hamadi, the director of Big Heart Foundation, just only last week on the show. And uh, it was an incredible interview because it was the first time that we really got an insight into how they work because everything that they do, all of the proceeds from uh, whatever it is that they raise goes to the causes that they are supporting. They're all about transparency as well. And Murad, you were saying that this is something that's vital. How do we actually know um, that the money that you know we are contributing, where is it going? And uh, this is something that's a big concern for them as well. Yeah, actually, uh, as a donor, we want to make sure that the people are giving and they see an end result, okay, uh, into the donation. Whatever it is, is the old phone, old laptop, whatever dollars it comes into our dirhams comes, you want to know where it's going. So the good thing about Big Heart Foundation, we they have uh, accountability, trustability, they know where the money goes. Mm. Uh, my team can even travel there. We have been invited to go and, vit and visit the, the partnership that they have there. We welcome uh, even donors to participate and to, uh, to have their first hand going there, you know, because we want a mass engagement with the yes. people to support initiative like the Big Heart Foundation and what they are doing. They are doing great job at getting help at uh, company level, corporate level. Now we're looking at the masses because mm. together with our little uh, uh, input, we can really help. And everything is cleared on the, on the, on the donation. And so within this campaign, uh, there is a website. So it's uh, doitforher.com. Uh, with the four as a number. Um, and so, Shireen, when people go to the website, what do they need to do? They, they're going to be uh, donating their unwanted electronics. That's right. So you come on the website, you sign up for a home pickup, we'll come to your home, you give us all the electronics that you don't want anymore, we'll take it. And very importantly, we will clear all the data so you don't have to worry about data privacy. We'll delete everything. And whatever we cannot delete, we'll literally take out the hard drive and destroy. So we're very sensitive to the fact that people want their private lives private. Uh, once we're done with that, we sell it, and 50% of the proceeds go to Big Heart Foundation, and the other 50% just simply goes to cover the cost of logistics and storage and you know all those other things. Yeah, and there are several ways that the women are being supported. There are skills workshops, microfinancing, uh, and psychological support. So tell us a bit more about that. Uh, so this is a, actually a really, really cool program. So the, the, uh, it functions in the refugee camps and the women are actually given classes. And one of the first things that they started doing was embroidery workshops. So they, they make clothing or they make uh, pillowcases or home things and they sell them. So this is step one. And then they help these ladies then get this seed money, so microfinancing to start their own small businesses. So in this case, they'll be buying materials, buying fabric, buying 
buying um, the, the the tools needed, and then they help them to promote them so that they can go uh, and take their businesses to, a, to the next level. And then finally, it's financial literacy as well. How do you then run a business? And of course, as I said, all of this ties into having a community for these women and a place for them to go to and to feel like they're advancing in the world and that they have a, a have a way to get out of whatever situation they currently are exactly. in. Exactly. That it's a, something, it's help that is sustainable. Absolutely. It's not just something, you know, you go in, uh, you throw some money at the situation, as exactly. they say, and then you leave. Um, it's very important to continue that support. So it's a brilliant campaign. Is it live at the moment? I know you're doing this for International Women's Day. Is it currently live? Can people yes. start now? Yes, absolutely. Go on the website, do it for her, D-O-I-T, four, number four, her, H-E-R, dot com. And it's a very simple two-minute uh, process to book a home pickup, and we'll come and get your stuff. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Oh, my and goodness. We, we also encourage corporate uh, also to give because we know they have a lot of corporate yeah. uh, IT. So we want all the IT uh, corporate guys come on board calling us and uh, go to the website. We'll be more than happy to declutter and give them even a certificate on, on that aspect of mm. donation. Uh, and I, I forgot one thing. Those of you who are in Sharjah, you can also drop your items off. We have three public locations at the Sharjah co-ops and you can find the locations on the website. Uh, but you can actually, if you don't want to wait for us to come to your home, you can actually just bring it to us. And this is, you know, all over the UAE, isn't it? Uh, uh, in this, For this particular campaign, it'll be in Sharjah. So it'll be the three Sharjah co-ops. And um, I'm afraid and for I the don't pick remember up, the and names for, at the And moment. for the pickups, for the pickup all over the UAE. You can right. be in Abu Dhabi and we can uh, send you our, one of our drivers yeah. to collect the items right from your home, right from your company. Yeah. So it can be from anywhere, but Sharjah has special pickup points, which are uh, drop-off points, Correct. in, in Correct. fact, That's right. uh, where you can just drop off your stuff. It's on the website. It is so easy to do. We're very excited for this. So well done to the two of you. Thank well you. done to Big Heart Foundation for their incredible work that they are doing. And we'll be following the progress. And uh, Thank you. don't forget to use the hashtag as well. Uh, make sure, do it for her. Uh, make that your hashtag as well for this International Women's Day. I'm going to be getting rid of my stuff. Um, either you guys come and pick it up <laughs> or I'm going to drop it off here in Sharjah. We're going to see. I'm going to tell, uh, tell my kids to do a big Just a big clean. shout out to the, the Big Heart team, by the way, just because they're so awesome um the the ladies uh, abdullah uh, fatima uh, so and then of course rashid mikati from our team who has just been doing a great job so just thank you very much for all the support that we've gotten already amazing we love them we love big heart and uh so morad and charlene what an absolute pleasure to have you back with us here at pulse 95 and all the best with that this is pulse 95 Tune in live every weekday from 10am.